Welcome back to Talk of the Town on 99.7 and 14.50 WHTC on WHTC.com and on the WHTC app for your smartphone. Once again, here's your host, Gary Stevens. Welcome back to Talk of the Town for this Friday, January 5th. First Friday of the month at this time, we catch up with things going on with the Community Foundation of the Holland Zealand area. And for that, we are joined by its uh, chief executive officer, Patrick Sisler, on the other side of our uh, Zoom connection this morning. Patrick, good morning. Happy New Year, sir. Hey, thanks, Gary. Happy New Year to you as well. Glad to be back in 2024. I know uh, everyone's getting back to their routines after the holiday season, and it's uh, no different over here at the Community Foundation. So uh, certainly looking forward to New Year and also taking a little time to reflect on 2023 and some of the highlights of the past year. I, I say it often, but support from our, our donor, nonprofit, community partners was crucial uh, to, to our success and in, in reaching 2023. So, so grateful for the many people who work alongside us to, to create a, a thriving community for all uh, in the Holland Zealand area. So I uh, kind of already did this, but I'd love to steal the, the mic from you right out of the get go here if I be- could. And before if- you do, before yeah. you do, I will say this. If anyone has a question about what's going on at the foundation, uh, uh, Patrick would be happy to answer it at 616-395-1450, 616-395-1450. So let's uh, take a look back on what 2023 brought to the Community Foundation, but perhaps even more importantly, what the Community Foundation did for the community in 2023. Yeah, thanks, Gary, and and uh, appreciate the opportunity to share. Um, so I'd, I'd love to kind of kick off just with a few Kind of statistical highlights from 2023 and and, and recognizing a big caveat here. These are preliminary numbers. We don't have everything in Uh, lots of end of year checks that, you know, stuffed under the door last minute, that kind of thing. So these are preliminary, but we think these numbers are close uh, to give you give you a sense. So uh, here's a few numbers I'd love to share. First off, uh, total gifts received. uh, We're we're estimating about seventeen and a half million dollars that flowed through the Community Foundation in 23. And that, I mean, that just speaks volumes to the philanthropic nature, how generous this community is. Um, but that's a big number. So so we're very excited about that. Real quick, real quick. Yeah. Better than expected, as expected, or below? Yeah, that, I, that's a that's a tough question. I, I would say better than expected. I would say that's that's better than expected. You know, we we always have... Not always, but often like last year, we had a big campaign we were running. We were, um, you know, receiving dollars for the ice rink and things like that. So uh, so, some things kind of help our our years fluctuate a little bit. So I think I think we're very happy over here with with what came in, especially especially year end. So um, so, yeah, 17 and a half. uh, We were able to grant back out twelve point seven million dollars to to nonprofits, which is which is fantastic. With our community endowment uh, specifically, we received two point one two million dollars in in gifts, which that's a that's a really big number for our community's endowment. So we're grateful for that. Uh, Let me let me let me interrupt you for a moment, because that was some that was an emphasis this year. For the foundation, I believe you really wanted to get the endowment going this year. Yeah, and I, I think it's a focus every year. But but yeah, absolutely. We we uh, I think maybe ste- stepped up our game a little bit with promotion and, and driving folks to that. Um, 
you know, I've been on here before, and Mike, my predecessor as well, often, you know, kind of separated the two camps. We, we do donor service at the foundation and we do uh, communities endowment. And, and yeah, we're always, always trying to grow the, the communities endowment. And so very pleased with, with the result that, uh, that we had in 23. And, uh, you know, more important than the gifts is what we do with them. Um, and so a really big number that I'm, I'm happy to share is uh, this past year, we were able to grant out uh, $1,078,000 from purely from our, our community's endowment. Um, that's a major milestone for us at the Community Foundation, um, granting over a million dollars for the first time from our endowment. Um, so we celebrate that. We're excited about that and, and looking forward to seeing that grow as well. And uh, then uh, you know, before you get to the next one, yeah. with the grants that the community endowment did, was there new grants that came out because there was a more people, more endowment? Was there anything new that came out of that or was it just simply to existing programs? Uh, just so I understand the question, did we grant to anything new or like any new nonprofits or, or yeah, things like something new that maybe wouldn't have gotten that money? If the endowment wasn't there, yeah, no, that's a um, that's a good question. So, what I would say, I mean, certainly having more dollars allows us to supply more grants. So, I think the the easy answer to your question is absolutely right. Uh, you know, I think uh, of of course, with more dollars, we're able to consider uh, funding you know funding new and in, in, in different kinds of nonprofits and programs. Um, you know, I will say one thing in specific, um, and I'll touch on this again, I've, I've talked about it on the show before, but we, we, this past year was our first full year of having our proactive grant making strategy. Um, and certainly as we've kind of separated our dollars between responsive and proactive, having more dollars has allowed us to, to certainly fund, um, more projects through that. So I, I guess the easy answer is yes. Okay. I'm sorry I'm butting in, but I just want to, you know, you no, put these numbers it. out and it does lend to okay you have the dollars where did it go and what ways did it go and when you mentioned about the improved endowment you you've been on before about getting more people to be involved yeah. in endowment that's why i wanted to bring that up yeah no i'm glad you asked uh and, and then one of a uh, specific programs that operates out of the foundation is the promise program um which again is is uh talked about on the show before uh, help to, to fund students for college or post-secondary experience, as well as providing additional support. And this past year, we received over 660000 in gifts to that program. We were able to award 475000 in terms of scholarships. We welcomed 15 new students this year to the program. We celebrated the graduation of eight, and we have uh, 53 incredible young people that are currently uh, in, in college or post-secondary experience participating in the Promise program. So we, we celebrate that as well. And then uh, in terms of new funds open, we, we open 30 new funds here at the foundation. Our, our donor service team always does an incredible job of helping individuals, families, companies achieve their philanthropic goals through a variety of fund types, including scholarships, donor advised funds, field of interest funds. Um, and they're, they're always happy to talk to anybody who's, who's looking to, to achieve their philanthropic goals. So uh, we celebrate that as well. And then in, in terms of our finances, uh, you know, the, 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 we're grateful. I'm sure we're all grateful, uh, anyone listening to the show, for the, the stock market's uh, rally at the year end. And, and we don't have final numbers in yet, but estimating uh, about 10.9% in terms of investment returns for 2023, which we're thrilled about. We know our donors are as well. 
And we currently have about $121 million um, in assets under management here at the foundation. So that, that's a little bit of the numbers. Um, we, we also had two successful events. We had our annual luncheon with, with our largest crowd ever, over 500 guests attending. We had our fall celebration of philanthropy um, with uh, 760 attendees there. And then just to reiterate, reiterate a point earlier that, that I think you made, the, the gifts in, the dollars in, that's all, that's all great. We celebrate that. But it is the impact um, that is most important. And, and this was our first full year of implementing, as I mentioned, kind of our two-prong grant-making strategy uh, with responsive and proactive grants. And so we had two rounds of responsive grants this year with $434,000 distributed to 14 different nonprofits. And then with our proactive grants, we had uh, 390,000 distributed uh, between nine nonprofits. So uh, we celebrate that that shift in in, in our in, in our grant making strategy and, and kind of getting through the first full year of that. If you got a question for Patrick Sisler, he is with the Community Foundation of the Holland Zealand area. He'll be happy to answer it at 616-395-1450, 616-395-1450. Speaking about those proactive grants, the third round is a little poignant today in our conversation in with the background of what happened yesterday in Perry, uh, Iowa, involving the school shooting. And a presidential candidate says that it was a warning sign that we need to address mental health and mental health resources. If anything is worthy of proactive grants, Patrick, addressing mental health certainly is. Yeah, absolutely right, Gary. And I think, unfortunately, we're, we're reminded of how important this need is all, all too often. And so I'm really pleased that the foundation has named mental health as one of our three kind of proactive grant making priorities. And we were able to, to just wrap up our, our final round of proactive grants um, for, for this year and were able to award a, a couple grants for mental health services. And, uh, you know, to your point, the, the need for mental health services has increased substantially in recent years. Um, it's consistently named as a priority through the community health needs assessment. Um, some some data that is, is a little scary, but I think it's important to put out there uh, from the most recent assessment, 19.8% of Ottawa County adults cons are considered to have mild to severe psychological distress, about one in five. Uh, similar statistic, 22.9% of area adults have anxiety disorder. That number's up from the previous assessment. 21.8% have depressive disorder. That number's also up. 28% um, of adults say they, they grew up in a household where someone was depressed, mentally ill, or, or suicidal. Um, so, I mean, I could keep going on and on. And, and, and unfortunately, we know that for many of these folks, they're not actively uh, receiving treatment. Um, and so a big focus uh, for us here at the foundation is increasing that access. Um, and, you know, from this is not just an issue here. This is a statewide issue uh, within Michigan. There are approximately 360 patients per behavioral health provider. That's a uh, that's a that's a big ratio there. Uh, and so limited access is is a big issue, particularly for folks uh, within uh, kind of lower socioeconomic groups. Um, and so uh, 
One of the ways we support mental health access is through our proactive grant making strategy. And this year we were able to award 130,000 to three different local nonprofits. It was a very competitive round. We got lots of, of requests, um, but we're thrilled to be able to announce the, the three organizations that received funding. Um, and so the first is Mosaic Counseling for increasing capacity of Mosaic's school outreach program in Southwest Ottawa County. Uh, we awarded $60,000 over two years. And the purpose of the grant is to increase Mosaic's capacity to effectively implement their school outreach program by helping to fund the school outreach coordinator position and increasing the hours of their six therapists in existing partner schools that currently have a wait list for students. Um, and it will also support the question, persuade and refer or what we call QPR training, um, which is a suicide prevention training. So really excited to, to continue to support the good work of Mosaic Counseling. The second grant is for uh, Corwell Health in their school telemedicine program. We awarded uh, $46,900 over two years. And the purpose of this grant is to connect Zeeland East and Zeeland West high school students with mental health services embedded within the school setting. Uh, virtual mental health services are offered by appointment five days a week throughout, throughout the school year. This program has the potential to increase access to mental health services among Zeeland High School students and help youth overcome their mental health struggles, uh, regardless of family income, language, or transportation barriers. And um, we were actually, I, I remember the meeting where we kind of decided on that grant. And I, I heard from a, a student who, who when, when she, she heard about this telemedicine thing, uh, mental health services just said, this is fantastic. Like I, I know so many of my peers that will actually access this because it is easier to access than physically going to a location. So uh, excited to, to award that. And then our third grant went to Treetops Collective uh, for their circles of support in facilita uh, facilitation training and coaching. We awarded $23,100, and the purpose of that is to help identify and train local facilitators for the expansion of the circles of support program in Ottawa County. Treetops works with individuals that have been through the immigration process, and the Circles program is a peer support group that addresses gaps in local mental health support resources in culturally uh, appropriate ways. So a very important, um, kind of a little more narrow focus um, than, than the first two, two uh, grants we awarded, but super excited uh, for the Treetops Collective. And um, just just in closing on this one, you know, as always, we're, we're so, so grateful uh, to everyone who supports Communities Endowment and makes grants like this uh, possible uh, in our community. And, um, you know, as I referenced earlier, we crossed the $1 million mark in, in Community Endowment grant this year. And, and that, that simply would not be possible without the generosity of donors. So uh, big, big kudos and thanks to, to everyone who supports this work. Before we talk about another subject, I don't want to let this get by because of the timing incident a week from monday is the legal holiday to honor dr martin luther king jr for some it is a legal holiday we're not going to get the mail the post office is going to be closed the banks are going to be closed uh there might be some schools that might let kids off early the Community Foundation of the Holland Zealand area is involved in honoring Dr. Martin Luther King and his legacy. Tell us about it. Yeah, thank, thanks for uh, opening the door for that. I appreciate it, Gary. I, uh, yeah, we've been uh, privileged to be a part of a uh, planning committee uh, for the uh, a celebration for Dr. Martin Luther King Jr.'s life and legacy. This is 
three or four years now now running and we're involved again um, this year. Uh, a local nonprofit, I Am Academy. They're they're kind of the lead organization in in putting this event on, and um, it's just a wonder wonderful opportunity to to come together and to gather, learn about the history of efforts to create justice for all and empower future leaders. So it's a luncheon event. Um, it's going to take place, uh, as you mentioned, Monday, January fifteenth at DeVos Fieldhouse this year. So new venue. Uh, doors open at 10.30. Lunch and programming will run from 11 o'clock to 1 p.m. Um, and so if you want to learn more about it, we do have a post on our social media channels uh, with more information and, and a link to, to register. But, you know, we had over 500 people come to this event uh, last year and we're hoping for even more this year. Uh, we're thrilled. Uh, I know you mentioned, you know, schools letting kids out. Um, that's becoming more of a tradition uh, that, that they're treating this as a holiday. And uh, so we hope to have just an abundance of, of youth in, in, in the audience as well. But, but really excited for that. So again. It is Monday the 15th, the uh, uh, luncheon at DeVos Fieldhouse, 10.30, doors open, 11 a.m. to 1 p.m., and uh, you can find out more uh, not only through uh, uh, the CFHZ um, on uh, Facebook and Twitter, but also through the IM Academy. Um, Google it, and you'll be able to find it. Of course, uh, CFHZ.org is the Community Foundation's own website. Now let's backtrack a little bit to something you mentioned a little bit earlier when you did a little recap of 2023 for the foundation, Patrick, is that uh, it's time for scholarships and um, the application process is open. If, and to use an old biblical line, um, you don't, you don't get unless you ask, and this is the time to ask. <laughs> Yes, it is. Uh, tis the uh, scholarship season here at the Community Foundation. Um, so just to kind of put it in perspective, uh, last year we were able to award 990000 in scholarships to graduating high school seniors, current college and trade school students, as well as adults returning to school for post-secondary degrees. Um, and, and again, like I shared a couple times today, our, you know, all scholarships are made possible through the generosity of local individuals, families, and businesses uh, who have really invested in our community's future uh, through these scholarships by furthering the education of others. So um, our scholarship opportunities are really extensive. There's scholarships for students interested in something specific like nursing or a career in the STEM field, uh, students committed to, to serving their community through volunteering or scholarships uh, established by families to honor the legacy of a loved one. Um, and so I thought it'd be helpful to just share kind of an, a specific scholarship to kind of help give an example of, of how these how these come to be. Um, so the Chad Wolf Memorial Scholarship is one of our newest uh, scholarships here at the foundation. Chad was a standout student athlete who learned the importance of teamwork and leadership and developed a desire to help students with special needs during his time at Holland High School. After his graduation from Holland High in 1993, he became an All-American College pitcher and then a special education teacher who is known for his passion and, and really selfless service. Um, sadly, uh, Chad unexpectedly passed at the age of 38 and, and leaving behind a wife and four children. To honor his memory, his family and the Holland Public Schools Athletic Boosters create a scholarship fund, and, and the scholarship is awarded to Holland High graduating seniors who either uh, are an individual with special needs themselves or a student who plans to become a special education teacher. 
So the scholarship also takes into consideration students' level of financial need and their record of service to the community. So I th thought I'd just paint a picture of kind of how, how does one of these kind of uh, one of our over 100 scholarships here at the foundation um, kind of come to be. So really excited to, to get that help get that one going. Right. So the, the plug here, uh, if, if I may, is we really encourage students to apply. Uh, through our general scholarship application. It can be found online at our website, cfhz.org slash students. Uh, there are a few scholarships which do require a separate application and more details can also be found online for those. And we're also uh, encouraging students to file their free application for federal student aid, otherwise known as the FAFSA, uh, as early as possible in 2024 due to anticipated delays from maintenance and updates that are being made uh, at the federal government level. Um, the FAFSA is a required component for our scholarships here at the Community Foundation. Scholarships uh, applications are due by March 1 at 5 p.m. And again, more information can be found uh, online at our website, cfhc.org slash students, or by calling us at the office, 616-396-6590. I'll repeat the number again is 616-396-6590. And again, the website is cfhc. Dot org, and in this case, it'd be forward slash students. Since we have a moment, Patrick, yeah. um, tell us a little bit about the latest efforts, and it's still ongoing. Uh, the foundation is collecting for uh, public donations for the Holland Community Ice Rink, and hopefully that's been, you know, so far, so good, right? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, in fact, I just got an update this morning, so I can um, I, I'm happy to share. Although it might not it might not be um, earth shattering news, but yes, things are things are continuing to progress. If you've uh, you know walked along Sixth Street anytime recently, you know there's been quite a bit of work happening, and uh, you know the street street down there is 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 developing. And in in the next couple months, you'll start seeing things moving around the ground where the ice rink will be. I. I uh, heard from the city manager this morning. No, no promises, but the goal is to to have an ice rink ready to go come next winter time. Uh, at least there will be good progress made towards that. And um, from the financial side of things, uh, yeah, we feel very very supported in the community between um, both private donations and grants that we've been able to allocate through the state. Um, that that I mean, the the project has been green lighted as well as uh, resources that the city of Holland has put in themselves. So um, I was very pleased with kind of year end giving as well to see you know quite a few donations still trickling in, folks supporting the ice rink. So um, yeah, it's it's one of those I think great examples here in the Holland Zealand community where you know we collectively see something that that's that's going to be a difference maker in our community and and people step up to support it. So, uh, yeah, excited to have that that new gem uh, right downtown, uh, hopefully a year from now. Okay, I was just trying to check, and I won't have time to do it, but I believe there's a link through the City of Holland's website, which is cityofholland.com, for those who wish to contribute to the Holland Community Ice Rank effort. And uh, if not, call the Community Foundation of the Holland Zealand area. Again, that number is 616 616- Three nine six six five nine zero. Patrick Sisler, as always, thank you very much for telling us what's going on with the Community Foundation. Wish you and everyone at the Foundation well. And if all goes well, we'll do this again in about four weeks. Thanks as always, Gary. Happy New Year. Happy New Year to you too. Patrick Sisler on 99.7 and 1450 WHTC.
CBS News with Steve Kathan straight ahead, followed by WHTC News. We'll have some birthdays, stories off the beaten path, and then we'll have the Evergreen Commons Report with Barb Visser before the CBS World, uh, before the WHTC Midday Report at the bottom of the hour on 99.7 and 1450 WHTC.